Welcome to Friday, friends. It is September 27th. We are live on the deck. I'm Only Sandro at Only Sandro on Twitter and Instagram. I'm with Ani Shree23. And we have special guest from the Parlay Boys, Mitch Lord. Find him at Lord underscore Mitch. It's a great name. Thank you for joining us today, Mitch. I'm glad you know my Twitter handle because if you would have dished it to me, I, I, I really don't know my own Twitter handle. I got to do it. <laughs> I'm a host. I'm hosting and we're live. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we are in week four of fantasy football. Once again, if you are new to the show, the only reason why Ani and I are friends is because he has this sweet deck and because we like fantasy football. Other than that, this guy would never talk to me. Yeah, absolutely, I would not. If I saw you on the street, I'd be like, who is this clown? And then if you started talking, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not talking to this guy anymore. I'm kidding, keep walking. But I'm glad fantasy football has brought us together. Me too. So if you're hearing car sounds, obviously we're outside. You can see trees in the background. Uh, th this is what we're going to do. We're going to be on location if we're not going to be at the uh, normal podcasting place. Look, you can write us an email if you want us to come visit your town. FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com. Uh, we, we are open to traveling with the pod. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, you know, we always start yeah. the pod with some trending topics and then we move into fantasy sports. Uh, Takashi69, this guy is going to go with Snitch. Besides Snitch. that, besides that, he's going into witness protection. So, how do you hide that? Uh, how do you hide him? I, I don't think you can hide him. Somebody will find him and somebody will get to him. He's snitched on too many people already. He's not hard to find. I know, right? Like, how do you, how do you even agree to doing... Uh, I don't, how did the police allow this guy to even say, hey, I want to be in the witness protection program? It's, it's not possible. He must have cut some sweet deal to get into WitPro. I mean, that's the only explanation there. I mean... Yeah, he, he had to have cut a sweet deal. That's the only explanation. Another thing I saw in uh, trending news is McDonald's is giving away burgers for life. They have this McDonald's gold card. I love McDonald's burgers. Uh, the fine print, though, says it's um, it's only it's only for 50 years. Yeah, and Ani's a vegetarian, by the way. <laughs> uh, so the, this burgers for life gimmick is only for 50 years. So it was McDonald's admitting if you eat their food for life for 50 years you will die that's a very interesting point i would say yes absolutely 74 i live long enough that's you right now i mean what what if like a young kid i mean either way like would you eat i think you can only eat mcdonald's three times a week with this card would you do that if you won this card yes all right i'm starting to like i'm starting to like mitch uh he's from philly I used to live around Philly. I worked in Philly. That's where I got my start in yeah, the business. Yeah, there's the sirens. Yeah, they, talking about Philly, the sirens come on. Get this guy arrested. This that city sucks. What? I'm kidding. Dollar Philly wow. listeners, I'm kidding. So for any, a great city. anyone who loves football, Philly has uh, come out with this amazing story after their loss to uh, or after they played the Lions last week. Uh, there was a fire, and you know. People were okay. I think only one person was injured. Not, not that bad. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're talking about this. Philly fans are so dedicated. I mean, Mitch, you could, you could uh, tell people, like, you Sorry. guys. Most passionate. We're crazy, but we're like the good crazy. Yeah, the, they legit the most dedicated guys and girls of all four <laughs> sports fans uh, to the point that they 
will find any opportunity to rip on players. Uh, here's a story from 6ABC Philadelphia. Uh, we're, we're just going to play the news clip from this fire. The fire truck's coming down the street. It was like in the far off distance or wherever like that. Smoke started getting worse. Then I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up. And ironically, me and my, one of my, ex, my old co-workers took the ladder off the, off the truck, raised it up, and was assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. But we was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. Throwing babies out the window, and we were catching them, unlike Aguilar. Here, once again, if you didn't hear it. Now my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. That is the most Philly thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, he had a good game, but he's been dropping the ball a lot. As a Phillies, as an Eagles fan, what do you have to say for Aguilar? But he, so when we drafted him, he couldn't catch anything. He couldn't catch a cold. Like he, he, he was so bad and just wide open touchdowns, wide open passes. And then he turned it around and he was a big part of the Super Bowl team. He was a great, great receiver last year. And then we gave him $9 million to drop a game-winning touchdown pass against the Falcons in week two. He handled it with class, though. He responded on Twitter. He, like, I think he offered him tickets to the next game. Yeah, I saw he's that. A, he's a good dude, but, I mean... I, We're going to arrest this man if he keeps yeah. on dropping the ball, though, for fantasy. He had, what, one target last night? Uh, the Eagles won last night, right? So that, that's all that win. matters. Uh, the Packers, I don't understand what they're doing. The play calling was horrendous. Don't even get me started on play calling this NFL season. We saw it on Monday night with Freddie Kitchens. I'm still not over that. I think Kitchens might be the most clueless head coach in football right now. I think he's on the hot seat. The Browns had huge expectations. They have floundered every opportunity to be good this season, and I blame everything on Freddie Kitchens. I think the stat was like since 2007 on 4th and nine. Only one time ever has a draw play been called on 4th and 9. It was Monday night. Did they get the first down? Hell no! Because you don't call a draw on 4th and 9. Also, when you're inside the 5-yard line and you have 4 shots to get it in the end zone and you have a running back like Nick Chubb run the damn football or throw it to a guy named Odell Beckham Jr. who you paid millions to have on your team. But no, instead you throw it to guys like, what, Demetrius Harris? And I, I don't even know who else. Like... Damian Ratley. Oh, yeah. Good job, Freddie Kitchen. That's how you lose football games. You know who makes good calls in football and fantasy football? Me. Yes. This guy right here, <laughs> at Anishree23. Last week, if you listen to the pod, you can go back. Just look up Friday Friends. Type in Friday Friends podcast. We're on pretty much every platform where podcasts can be heard. Or if you can't find it, write me an email. Write us an email. FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com. This guy right here, Ani Shree, told you to play Evans. He told you to play Lockett. He told you to play Waller. These were the top scoring guys. I told you Mr. Chalk last week was Aguilar. It, he came back with, with points. And I brought up Tony Pollard, which Ani was not a I fan did. of. I clowned him, but he, he, did, he did dominate. Pollard did dominate. It worked. So some week three takeaways that I want to get to real quick. The Patriots aren't running the ball. They won't run the ball. If you like so if you have Sony Michelle, he is a, a flex play on bye weeks. They are not even down in games and they are still throwing the ball. Yeah, and if you like Sony Michelle, you should listen to last week's pod because Sandro said 
the time to invest in Sony, Michelle, is when the weather gets below 40 degrees. Yes, I agree. Mitch, do you have any comments on it's, that? It's also bad news now because they just lost James Devlin, and they would run a lot of uh, 21. And so that Devlin was a big, big part of their run game. So now without Devlin, I feel like they're going to rely on Sony Michelle a lot less. Yeah, this this team is winning in the air. Um, so I, I don't know. Look, another thing, everyone is on Will Disley this week because they're against Arizona. Arizona I, cannot guard the tight end. We know this. Uh, but I'll be honest. I'm on Hooper this week. Austin Hooper. Everyone is on Will Disley as this free square. The Titans have given up a touchdown every single week to the tight end. I, did, I actually did not know. That's a very interesting stat. So the reason why I played O'Shaughnessy against you last week. Yeah, uh, we don't <laughs> talk about that. I can't, like, there's only one person on this planet who would have rostered. I, I think his In a dynasty is, league. I think his name is still Jax, because I think it's his first name. James. It's Jax. Jax O'Shaughnessy. Only one person on this planet would ever think of starting him in a league, and that's Sandro, and of course I played against him, and I lost because of that, I think. If you follow, I think I lost by like 16 points, and De O'Shaughnessy had like 13. I, I don't, honestly, I don't look at the people I, I win you to. I, can, I got the W, that's all that matters. Uh, the, uh, the Seahawks need to really move on from Chris Carson's workload. If Rashad Penny was healthy last week, they, they would have been in a different, it would have been a different ball game. Yeah, I, I mean, if he keeps fumbling the football, they're going to make a switch there fast. Pete Carroll's not going to keep a running back who fumbles the football in the starting role. He's being very positive. That's classic Pete Carroll. I, I really do believe it's going to be more of a timeshare. I'm not saying Carson's going to lose the full starting job, but you, you, have to, you have to do something. You can't just have this guy who's supposed to be the focal point of your offense and fumbling the ball. I mean, in key issues, it just doesn't work. It, it's not it's not gonna happen another thing carry on Johnson finally released the guy had 20 carries for the first time in his career I, I'm hoping for big things in carry on Johnson you got 46 yards right I, I don't <laughs> know how many yards the guy got but it was against he, the Eagles if he's the Eagles, getting, the Eagles rush they have a good run defense the best in the league so do, do you like carry on did you target him in any yeah, of your season long every, leagues? every I I'm a huge carry on truther I love them coming out of Auburn um, I, I definitely think in fantasy, to me, the volume is what matters. As long as the touches are there and he's getting the carries, uh, he also gets targeted in the passing game a lot. Matt Stafford loves the check, check downs. Um, a huge carry on truth. At Lord underscore Mitch, if you want more takes like that, he's he's here to help you on all facets of sports. The the, the parlay boys right here sitting to the right of me, they, uh, they love their bet betting. And today we're gonna do a little bit more of like a tutorial learning about what this whole thing is where uh, it's not legal in every state yet, but it's coming, even though in DC we did have a setback. One last takeaway, and this isn't from week three, it's from this week, week four. We should have known Nelson Aguilar wasn't gonna get uh, a lot of work. I, he, he wasn't, th this was not a good matchup for him. So for anyone that was looking for a repeat, you're not doing your research. And it's very simple just to see who these wide receivers are, are matching up against. I mean, you're the Philly guy, Mitch. Am I right or wrong thinking this? No, uh, so, Alshon Jeffrey came back, and it was clear he wasn't 100% because Kevin King was shutting him down. And if Kevin King's shutting you down, you're either a trash wide receiver or just not 100%. Um, and Dallas Goddard was back. Zach Ertz was, was the focal point of the offense, as he always is. He's the number one receiver. Uh, so Aguilar just 
if he's not going to catch the ball, then the, they're not going to include him in the game script. And they have Miles Sanders out of the backfield now. They still have Darren Sproles. Matt Collins is, is a serviceable. That, that's what Nelson Aguilar is. He's a serviceable guy who can should be making some catches. But with Ertz, it's, it's just such a crowded wide receiver, tight end room. Like, there's just... Even There's only your, so many targets to go around. Even with your running backs, I, yeah. I, the one thing that infuriates me is a little bit about your backfield is Miles Sanders just needs the touches, and they need to be outside of the 20s. Like, they only use him within the 25-yard lines. They're, he's in the middle of the field. He's athletic. He looks good. And then down at the goal line, Jordan Howard is getting yeah. three touchdowns like he did last night. Uh, quick, Quickly, Saquon Barkley injury, Ani. What – what are you doing? Did you put all your fab on Gallman? Well, here's the thing. I have Saquon in our big dynasty league, so that was a huge blow for me. A year where I thought I could make a run, it looks like it's going to be another building year for me in this league. I do have guys like Jordan Howard on my team, but I benched him this week in favor of Carlos Hyde. I mean, can you blame me? Carlos Hyde is getting the volume there in Houston. Jordan Howard is splitting carries with Sanders. How did I know that? How was I supposed to know Jordan Howard was going to punch the ball in three times last night? You can't, can't predict that. I can't. Against a good defense, too. The exactly. Packers are coming in stingy. The Packers had one of the best defenses in the league. So I was like, I can't do that. Well, now it's going to nip me in the butt. But I've also got guys like Devin Singletary on my bench who, if he's healthy, could develop into that number one RB role in Buffalo. But He practiced today. I only had $649 left in my fab in this league. I placed a bid for Wayne Gallman. I put down 601 because that's about where I – estimated I would spend on Gallman in my leagues, 60% of my fab budget. And our buddy Phil Backer, he knew I only had 649. He put a bid in for Gallman at 651. Wow. So I lost my Saquon handcuff in a dynasty league because I did not have the fab. And and I uh, he messaged the group uh, yesterday or the day before, whenever he, he won him, he said he's on the Trading block, correct, um, and that's the way to do it. But you got to take. I love the that guy. move. Yeah, you I got, love that move. That's it's how a great you win, move. That's how you win your leagues. But in DFS, I mean, I'm not playing Gallman. He's not Saquon. Just because no, they have uh, Danny Dimes doesn't mean this is a brand new offense. It's not a great team. Here's the thing, though. Wayne Gallman will get the touches. The Redskins' defense against the run has not been great, so Wayne Gallman will get the touches because behind him, you've got Elijah Penny, <laughs> trash. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Giants maybe after this week maybe sign a free agent running back, say a C.J. Anderson or a Jay Ajayi, who, according to reports, by week five should be ready 100% to play football. I like the Jay Ajayi move. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick somebody up if Gallman doesn't show anything this weekend, but he's going to get the opportunity, and that's what you want in fantasy football. If he's going to get 15 to 20 touches, he's a running back three flex option with a running back two upside. I, I can't argue with that. So I have I have Saquon in the Scott Fishbowl. I lost the bid, but I didn't put in a big bid for Gallman, uh, mainly because I'm confident in my other running backs, and I, I didn't feel like spending all my money in week four for a guy who's not – He's I mean, he, he could potentially – He's not guaranteed the job in two weeks. He, well, he's so, such a question mark. So it's like a four- to eight-week injury for Saquon. So, I mean, it is a good chunk of time, but – like you said, like it's kind of like I I have running back depth. When I drafted this year, I drafted, and this was my strategy. Anyone who had a strategy where they kind of went zero RB, this is this is a guy you kind of have to target. Uh, but but for me, in my my case, someone reached out. They're like, oh, you know, are you upset that you missed out on this? I'm, not really. I, I like 
I like the running backs I currently have, and I'm not. I'm. Not, it's a. So, are you familiar with the Scott Fishbowl? So, you know, 1,200 people are in this league for anyone that doesn't know, and it's it's not your normal league. So, I'm saving money for when it really counts. Uh, like I said before, this is gonna be more conversational than our normal podcast. If you if you want to listen back to how we usually do podcasts, go ahead. We're we're podcast all over. without me. Yeah, podcast <laughs> without Mitch. But I. I'm happy you're here because sports betting is is coming, basically. Maybe not here in the D.C. area because we had a little snag that came out uh, yesterday or the day before. But uh, sitting in front of you right now, we are all, all three of us have different levels of how much we like to use sports betting. Me particularly, I looked, like to look at prop bets when it comes to either or decisions for my season long teams or for DFS. That's why I like, I don't really place bets. Uh, I just I like to look at what Vegas is saying, and I like to make my decisions based on implied team totals. I like to look at the spread, and then I like to look at props when it comes to deciding who I'm going to play in season long in DFS. Ani's a prop bet master, and from what I understand, Mitch, you love to put money down on these games, spread, money line, whatever. But these terms to some people don't mean anything. Like if I say the spread is minus three, someone that's tuning in right now might not know what that means. If I say lay you know, put your bet down on the money line. They, you know, they don't know what that means. So can you give us a quick tutorial of what to look for any given game and, and how you kind of dissect that? The first thing, if, if you're trying to get into sports betting, the first thing you should do is, is just read like a basic article, just going over the terms, like a glossary. Um, spreads, the juice, the, the money line, the total, uh, prop bets, stuff like that. You just need to get familiar with so when you're reading about it or doing research, you're not constantly going to Google and looking it up. Um, but the the biggest thing that the biggest mistake that recreational betters make is picking favorites too much. They they bet on teams, they bet on helmets, the Patriots get picked a lot, the Warriors get picked a lot, the Chiefs get picked a lot. Just because they're good, that doesn't always mean they're gonna cover. Uh, and Ani knows that too. Um, me and Ani got into betting a couple years ago now. Uh, we just started putting little $10, $15 bets in when we were in college. It's grown a little now. The bankroll's grown, grown a little bit. But you, you just you can't bet. You don't need to know sports to bet on sports. You have to look at the numbers and do your research and know just when teams are coming off certain losses by a certain amount of points. They might be undervalued. It's, it's all about finding value. It's just like fantasy. The two go hand in hand. It's finding value where people are failing to see it. So piggybacking off of that, so when he means that don't bet on the favorites, for example, last night the Green Bay Packers were, if you saw like a betting line, they were minus four and a half, which means they were favored to win the game by four and a half points. Obviously, if you don't know what the heck that means, you're sitting there like, what the hell is a half point? Well, that's what we like to say in the betting industry as the hook. Meaning, if they win by four, you don't win your bet because they did not cover the four and a half. If they win by five points, ding, 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 there you go. You got the hook. You got the, the extra half point. You won your bet. On the contrary, if you were betting the Eagles plus four and a half, you love that hook. You love the point five because if they lost by only four points, you win your bet, but if they lost by five, there you go, you lost your bet. Last night, as we saw, the Eagles won the game, which means they not only covered the four and a half, but they won on the money line. Money line means the outright winner for the game. 
And straight up. It's, just, it's, you it's just, just win or lose. Straight up. Win or lose is what money line means. Over unders, it's pretty standard. Yes. The over under last night, I believe, was 47 points, which means the game either has to score over 47 or under 47. In the betting world, when you hear the term push, it means it's a tie, meaning if the Packers lost 27 to 20 last night, that total was 47, a.k.a. it didn't go under, it didn't go over, you pushed your bet, you get your money back what you put in, no, nobody wins or loses in that scenario. So I think it last night, the Eagles being four-and-a-half-point underdogs was kind of a perfect example of the overvalue, undervalue. The Packers really haven't played anybody too great. They played a road Kirk Cousins. Uh, they played Mitch Trubisky on the first week of the season. Which was like a preseason game. Right. So they're 3-0, and and people look at that, and they're like, oh, 3-0 versus a team that's 1-2, and coming off two losses to okay teams. So everyone's going to bet on the Packers. They're at home. They're undefeated. I did. But, but realistically, like, you, you know, if you're looking at the data and some of the numbers, you would see that these teams are much more even in in talent and in, in terms of their record. The Eagles are two drop passes away from being 3-0. But the record shows 1-2. and two. Now it shows 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, and Got one of the up. biggest things I would say is don't be afraid to bet against the public. Just because 80% of the people you talk to are like, Oh, Green Bay minus four and a half. Green Bay minus four and a half. Don't be scared to go with the Eagles plus four and you a half. You should be the guy going Eagles plus four and a half. Correct. Like you Baiting the public is a is a it's successful the, long-term betting strategy. One of the strategy. number one strategies. For example, tonight we've got a big Maryland football game here. Maryland not ranked. They're two and one. Had a big, an ugly loss against Temple a couple weeks ago, but they're coming off a bye week. They played 12th ranked Penn State at home tonight. Everyone's going to be looking like, oh my God. Top 15 team, Penn State. They should probably dominate Maryland here. Maryland is a home underdog. They're six and a half point underdogs. Like I said, there's your hook. If Maryland loses by seven, you lose the bet. If Penn State wins by seven, you win your bet. So this the six and a half is very interesting. I actually really like that number. Right now, I believe 53% of the bets are coming in on Penn State. But 57. 57, but only 43% of the money, I believe. Yep. Which means more money is actually coming down on the Terps, which is why I like Maryland plus six and a half. It isn't just because Mitchell and I are going to be at the game. I'm wearing my Maryland shirt. We're alumni. But the numbers and statistics prove a home underdog in a conference game against a ranked opponent Getting over six points is actually a favorable bet. The over-under in that game is 60. What are you doing? Is it really? I, 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 I'm not surprised at all. I believe Penn State's averaging 47 points a game this season. Maryland's averaging 53 points a game this season. I kind of like the under. I would take the under. Actually. I would, I'm, I'm actually going to, as soon as we're, we're done this show, I'm going to take the under. And there's been a lot of juice, a.k.a. a lot of money coming in on the over here, which is why it's actually spiked up now. But Maryland's got one of the best run defenses in the Big Ten, and Penn State's run, de uh, run offense, not that great, which means they're going to rely on first-year quarterback to make plays against this Maryland defense. And I'm not confident in a first-year quarterback in a night game, on the road, in a conference on matchup. national TV. On na exact national TV to produce points. So I, I don't like that. Another reason why I like Maryland is, like I said, good run D on both sides of the ball, but Maryland has a superstar running the football on Anthony McFarland Jr. This guy's an NFL prospect, and that's why I like Maryland to cover six and a half. All right. You want to do any DFS college? 
I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have not looked at tonight's slate yet. I know Duke plays against Virginia Tech. Maryland plays Penn State. I'm locking in Anthony McFarlane Jr. in my lineup. Cal That's plays what, tonight, too. Cal. Yep, Cal, Cal does play tonight. Arizona State, Cal. I, I have not looked at anybody tonight yet, unfortunately, but I know Air Force is on the slate. Yeah, Air Force is uh, versus San Jose State. San Jose State. Uh, Air Force is uh, minus 19. That's a game I'll have a lot of. I'll, I'll have plays out of that Air Force game. I'm sure the over/under is probably one of the t highest on the board after Maryland Penn State tonight. Uh, I know Arizona State takes on Cal later tonight. I think that over/under is kind of low. Yeah, it's at 40. 40. Arizo oh, 40 now. Arizona State's got one of the most underrated defenses, I, I would like say. I like Arizona State to cover. I think they're getting plus four and a half right now. So, I like Arizona State in that game. Um, I, I don't think I'll – I might play – I'm pretty, I might play some pieces from that game just to have a late-night hammer. I love having a late-night hammer in DFS, but it's probably not one of the games I'm targeting. I'll, I'll target a lot of pieces in this Maryland-Penn State game. We're degenerates. Yeah, we're absolutely <laughs> We are. If you want to follow us, I'm at OnlySandro on Twitter and Instagram. We got AniShree23 in the Maryland shirt. And our buddy from Philly, we got Mitch Lord, Lord underscore Mitch. Guys, let's let's get into some NFL DFS. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. We uh, – like I, like, I always start off every pot. Me and Ani are only friends because of fantasy. We don't agree in DFS all the time. Uh, but we do share teams, and I, I do make moves in the teams we share without telling him, but they're, the ones I don't tell him about are the ones that are pretty obvious. Like, I picked, up, I picked up Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. I saw that move. So that, I, tr I trust in, trust in Sandro. Uh, I'm just going to point out some good matchups. I'm going to rely on you guys this week to give out your, your big plays. All but, right. I think if Terry McLaurin is healthy. So here's the thing. News came out literally 10 minutes ago. McLaurin did not practice, practice today. He's not at practice, which is a red flag. When you don't practice on Thursday or Friday, it's a huge red flag. Two days out of the game, McLaurin not practicing today is a big concern. That's a big question mark. I don't, it's not looking good. Let's just say that. To tag onto that, I also like Paul Richardson. It, especially if Terry if McLaurin Terry doesn't, doesn't play, play. Yeah. I like them. I like them both in DFS. I'm, I I am targeting this Giants game, Giants Washington game a little bit, just because these defenses are giving up a lot of points in the air to wide receivers. Uh, we've seen Keenum target Paul Richardson in the in the red zone. I, I mean, they, last week it was uh, a score that I really needed Terry to. Score to get that score. Well, we also lost in a season-long league because of Terry McLaurin. Our friend Lisa Ann had Terry McLaurin against us in a league where we were 0-2, desperately needed a win. We had a big lead going into that game Monday night against the Bears, and garbage time, scary Terry led to Lisa beating us. Yeah, very upset about that. Um, now, this is a guy I never recommend taking out of your lineup, but Julio Jones usually always has a good matchup regardless who's who he's against i think this week uh with the steelers mike hilton's probably going to be on him so i mean julio in dfs are you doing it probably i mean i think julio to be honest is matchup proof uh, he's one of the guys where he's matchup proof quarterback proof no matter who he's going up against he's arguably the best wide receiver in the nfl i can make an argument that he's better than deandre hopkins Devontae adams uh, Michael yes. Thomas, Juju, Odell, Julio's a stud. So if you got this, you got the salary to spend on Julio. Pay up. Would you pay down 
So Julio's at 7,800. We go off DraftKings prices. That's just where we, we like to play. We also do a Friday Friends. DFS, DFS challenge. challenge. Filled for the first time last week. I lost. Thank you for taking my money. Whoever yeah. won. Top two get paid. We do anywhere between 15 to 20 people, depending on how we, we uh, feel the field will be. Julio is 7,800, but you could pay down $200 less for Keenan Allen. The only problem I have with Keenan, I think he's an absolute monster. He might be pulled a little bit early in this game. It is the Dolphins. He could be rested, per se. And you know the Chargers with their injury history. They're probably going to be very careful. But this could be a Mike Williams game, to be honest. You toss a couple balls up to Mike Williams in the end zone, especially if Xavier Howard is shadowing Keenan Allen in this football game. I could see Mike Williams having his breakout game of 2019 here against the Dolphins. And somebody you were talking about earlier, Justin Jackson. Somebody who could pop off in this football game. Could be a lot of run from the Chargers. Yeah, I only like Justin Jackson because of the Tony Pollard thought process that I gave out last week. It's a, it's like you got, like you said, the game might get out of hand. You're not going to have Austin Eckler out there all game, uh, especially now that with the Melvin news, Gordon. Melvin Gordon's coming back. Are you worried about Austin Eckler's value in season long or in DFS after Melvin Gordon returns? 100%. I think you have to be. Yeah, it's Melvin Gordon. He's not coming back to split carries. He's yeah. going to be the bell cow. He will get every touch in that football in, in, with the Chargers. Austin Eckler I mean, last year yeah, had flex at, value. At the, end, at the end of the... But that was when Melvin Gordon was hurt and wasn't playing as well, much. Well, so Melvin Gordon had a dominant beginning of the season last year. Then he got hurt, had the injury, came back, and he was pretty rusty. And then at the end of the year, his fantasy points per game increased, but so did Eckler's. So they found like a happy medium of splitting, not splitting the carries, but incorporate, getting Melvin Gordon his touches, but also getting Austin Eckler his. But right now, I don't know. It's, it's, I think you have to judge. I hate making a decision when somebody gets hurt. Like Big Ben got hurt and I have a lot of Juju shares. I got a lot of trade offers, but I didn't want to pull the trigger because I didn't know what Mason Rudolph was going to be. I didn't know what the game script was going to look like for if they were going to look at Vance McDonald more, or try and spread the ball around more. So I don't like making a decision about that stuff but until I see a game with both of them featured. So after the first game with Melvin and, and Eckler, I think it'll be telling. How many weeks until uh, Melvin Gordon gets the full workload? Because I look at the schedule. I don't think they're going to roll him out right away. right away. Two weeks. You think two weeks? Two weeks. So we still have potentially two weeks of decent Austin Eckler production. I would say or, flex at best. I would say flex at best, but we are talking receivers. Here's a couple other plays I like. Starting with Mike Williams at 4,800. I really like that spot for him. If Julian Edelman is not able to go against the Bills, I like Philip Dorsett at 4,700. He will get the target share over there. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, I think, are in play against the Houston Texans. We saw Keenan Allen burn the Texans last week in the air. Could see similar production out of DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. And keep an eye out on Minnesota. We saw Chad Beebe, who was their starting slot receiver, hit the IR. They re-signed Laquan Treadwell. But this could force Adam Thielen back into that slot role, which he excelled in last season. And they play the Bears this week. And we all know who the worst slot corner in football is. And that's Buster Screen. So if Adam Thielen draws Buster Screen this week, I think Thielen is in an absolute smash spot this week at 6,600. I can't not talk about Cooper Cup, 6,500. He's Jared Goff's favorite target here. Grown Goes man. up against the Buccaneers. We saw Daniel Jones carve this Bucks defense up last week. 
I could see Goff and Cooper Cup do this this week. And last but not least, Sterling Shepard against the Redskins. But the Redskins can't stop the pass. Josh Norman's the most overrated player in football. Sterling Shepard could eat. What team do you like, Ani? What team do I like? Professional I like, oh, NFL I like team. the Redskins, yes. So he knows. So he, I know that the Redskins' defense is horrendous. My... So my, my sneaky play of the – well, I shouldn't say sneaky. He's not sneaky. But for my bounce-back guy of the week, Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley's in a great spot this week. Uh, he's 5,000 on DK. I, I think you can get him into your lineups without, you know, really – you're not breaking the bank with 5K. So I like Calvin Ridley. I, I think I'm going to lock him into most of my lineups. I, they playing the Titans? Yep. Yeah. And here's something fun if you're a Maryland fan out there and watching this, listening to us. I like a little Terp stack. I like a little DJ Moore. I wouldn't hate going back to Stefan Diggs here in this matchup either. And then maybe Vernon Davis in the tight end spot. He did get some looks against the uh, against the Bears. And if Terry McLaurin can't go, that's more targets coming Vernon Davis' way. And I want to correct something I said before. I said Julio Jones against Mike Hilton. I meant Tyler Boyd with that. Uh, Julio's going to be a guy since against uh, Malcolm Butler, which that's why the matchup is so sweet. I like Tyler Boyd this week as well. And uh, sneaky, sneaky play of the week for me is Adam Humphreys. Yeah, that's so gross. Like, I, I think you, you missed a few sneakies in there. <laughs> and here's the thing. Last night, our, our good friend Jeff Manns was clowning, um, clowning me for picking Adam Humphreys up in our staff league, which is... We, it's a 16-team league where we play, like, three flex spots. So Adam Humphreys is actually a viable flex option you might be number starting six. Him. Yeah. Oh, I am, I'm playing it because I need points somewhere or another. You mean the league I'm, I played Dallas Goddard in? Oh it started him. Of course you did. But my team is so gross because I lost Saquon Barkley, I had to pick up Adam Humphreys. Well, but only, of course you like him. Of course you like him. Hey, you got in, – in that's a GPP play. Like in your cash games, you're not putting Humphreys out there. You got you got issues if you're doing that. Uh, in a GPP, if you're setting multiple line, and I'm not saying one, two, three line. If you're doing like the ten plus lineups, you got to get one share of Humphreys in there. You, you just need the exposure. But you just brought up losing Saquon, so let's move on to running backs. Christian McCaffrey, the top price guy on the slate, on the main slate, 8,800 on DK. He's got a pretty good matchup against Houston. Are you paying up for him, or do you like other guys? We brought up Austin Eckler uh, and Justin Jackson before. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to point out there? Yeah, the running back position last week was a it was a pay up spot. Like I I had Zeke in a couple lineups. I had McCaffrey. That was the guy I was really gonna go in on. So I loved that play. But a guy I'm really looking at this week. I see a bounce back. 5100 Josh Jacobs. He's got the Colts defense. That Colts run D has been absolutely victimized this season. And I loved Devontae Freeman last week against them. He came through. Obviously, the Falcons had to pass the ball a lot in the second half, which is what lowered Devontae Freeman's production. But Josh Jacobs is in a smash spot against the Colts here. As long as Oakland can kind of keep this close and keep the ball on the ground, I think he could pop off. I would really look to hammer his over-rushing yards prop. Because of how bad, What's that right now? I, I I don't know. Whatever the I don't, think, I don't know what it is right now. But considering how bad, considering how bad it's been the last two games, I mean, Devontae Freeman last week's overprop on the rushing yards was fifty-two and a half. Yeah, he hit that in his first six carries. Yeah. He has fifty-four yards on his first six carries rushing. So, I I don't hate 
if Josh Jacobs, I'm going to assume, is at 46.5. Pound the over. Uh, Pound the over 100%. Other running backs I like, James White, 4,900. Mitch brought up earlier with no Devlin there. They might not run the ball with Sony Michelle a lot, which means we might see a lot of sexy Rexy Burkett and James White in the backfield, a.k.a. PPR gold James White. He just had a, uh, a kid. I don't know if it was a son or a daughter. I didn't follow up on that, but he missed last week's game because of a child. I'm not in the loop. And we know how athletes love to play after they give their wives give birth to a child. After they give, they give birth. birth. After they have a child, they like to show up. Oh, they like kid. to ball out. Yeah, they like to ball out for their kid. I could see James White absolutely balling out. We mentioned Wayne Gallman earlier. He's at 4,600. Once again, you want opportunity, and he's going to get opportunity there, so I don't hate that Agreed. play. And I think Leonard Fournette against the Broncos is a good play, too. We saw Josh Jacobs, I mentioned, carve the Broncos run D up week one. Leonard Fournette, not just is he running the ball a lot, they're throwing him the ball six, seven times a game. The only difference is uh, Josh Jacobs is good. I think, I think, but the thing is, Leonard Fournette's getting the ball there. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I know. I, I always say volume, opportunities over, over talent. And here's a question I have for you guys. What do you guys think, coming off a three-touchdown game last week against the Chiefs, Mark Ingram, 6,600 against the Cleveland Browns at home? It's a division game. I... I think he's going to be grinding it on the ground. I, he's obviously not going to find the end zone three Regression. times. Yeah, but they inflated that yeah, You can't pay up for three touchdowns, I, obviously. I'm a little bit concerned with the offense a little bit. Uh, I need to find an update on Mark Andrews, who's been not really practicing. The offense might be a little bit off this week. We have seen last week Lamar Jackson wasn't Lamar Jackson week one, where everyone thought that they were winning their league with him alone. I might not go to Mark Ingram just because the public – is going to be pounding just gonna, the three touchdowns. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd rather go to a guy. Um, His ownership share is going to be too too high. Yeah, like I like Josh Jacobs and even Devonta Freeman, who hasn't played well this week. Uh, those guys are uh, Phil. Let's see. Uh, Josh Jacobs is at fifty one hundred, and we have Devonta Freeman at five k. So a lot of the guys I like this week are five k. And another question I have for you guys: sticking with the running back, this is more for season long. I was in a debate earlier this week with some friends. Who is the most valuable fantasy football handcuff right now? Let me give you three names. Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, or Malcolm Brown? For me, it's Alexander Madison. Uh, he's He even with this offense, let's say Dalvin Cook goes down, it, he has a running style similar to Dalvin Cook. That offense is made for the running back to run, and even at this point, the, he's he's putting up flex value in some case. I mean, we, last week at least, he had flex value. Going forward, he could too. So I, I, I am 100% on that run game. I don't, I mean, you, me, Mitch, any of us back there could get a 100-yard game. I, I like Alexander Madison a lot. Um, I, that's why I picked him up one of my I, I think if, if I had to choose between those three, I think it would be close between Pollard and Madison, but I'd, I'd probably say Pollard just... Right now, Pollard averages a higher EPA per carry, per touch than, than Zeke. With the, I, obviously, it's a smaller sample size, but he's done more with his carries and touches than Zeke has with his. And we've seen in the past this Cowboys offensive line just, like you just said for the, for the Vikings, either of us or our moms could like get. Like run DMC. Could, Darren yeah. McFadden rushed for over 1,000 yards behind this offensive First it was line. DeMarco Murray, then, then, and who was, who was a good running back, but then he went to the Eagles and he was horrible. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with Chip Kelly and the scheme that they were running, but then Zeke comes in, and he lights the world on fire 
as soon as he gets in. Then Zeke goes down, and DeMar, uh, what's his name, Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden, yeah. Comes That's- in and, and leads the league in rushing, like, 28 years old after 100 million injuries. Yeah. I, I would I would probably go Tony Pollard, but I don't think you could go wrong choosing between Tony Pollard or, or Madison. And the only other reason why I think Madison has an edge is Cook's got the injury history. Right. He's right, got right. the injury history. Zeke's got the, the off-field issues Correct. <laughs> history. But and, and you, he's coming off a torn ACL, which we know is an injury that could be re-aggravated or it could cause other leg injuries because of how much rehab you put into just rehabbing that one knee. So I think Madison, I would probably lean Madison as well. I, I just wanted to say real quick, the, the whole the Dalvin Cook injury, not fantasy speaking, just term pure football. I think a healthy Dalvin Cook might be the best running back in football. He is so good. He's so dynamic. He can do literally anything you ask. He can block. He can catch out of the backfield. He's incredible in open space, makes people miss. He's so fast. He's so good. I brought this up last week in the high stakes level where they're doing redraft right now. You could go online, search any of those leagues that you want. Uh, Dalvin Cook arguably is being taken by some people first overall. He's so good. Especially now with the Saquon injury where you're not going to have him for the first six to eight weeks of a shortened season to begin with. Uh, is there anyone else? Like, are, are we targeting Chris Thompson or are we doing Adrian Peterson? In, in a PPR format like DraftKings. I didn't look so disgusted. <laughs> no, I mean, this is going back to what you brought up last week, which you can catch on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, Friday Friends. You can follow him on Twitter, at OnlySandro, and on Instagram. You can follow me at Onis323 on both. And Lord underscore Mitch here, our special guest. We'll get Lord's locks later on in the show, his betting locks for the weekend. But you don't want any part of this Redskins run game. No matter what, like, as Manny Laura has said, play good players in DFS. These are not good players. <laughs> I'm not playing Chris Thompson or Adrian Peterson here. There are far better plays. Justin Jackson is a cheap play this week. Somebody I like better than both of them in DFS. Don't play the Redskins. Unless, unless it's like a Paul Richardson or a Vernon Davis, somebody I mentioned before, because they will be behind in this game and will be throwing the football. So we brought this up at the beginning of the pod. You called Darren Waller last week. That was your guy. He was, I'm pretty sure, the top-scoring guy on DraftKings. Are you going back to Darren Waller this week? Uh, Is he your lock versus Indy? So Darius Leonard, we still don't know if he's going to play for the Colts here, but if he doesn't, that's a big blow to the middle of the field there. I don't hate it. I could go right back to the Waller well. That's actually kind of cool, Waller well. But he's 5,200. I like paying down for Will Disley. I mean, come on, 3,600. Cardinals tight ends, obviously weak this year. Don't hate the play. Dawson Knox, 2,900. Don't hate the play against the Patriots. They're going to be throwing the football there. I could go there as well, but. What about my boy, Luke Wilson? No, pass. I know he just re-signed with the Seahawks. Absolutely staying away. But my number one tight end for this week, the second highest price guy right now, 5,700. That's Evan Ingram. We saw a pure connection between Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram last week. I mentioned it already. This Redskins defense can't stop anybody. So Evan Ingram is my top play of the week. 
What about Greg Olson? I mean, and I'll ask you, Mitch. This is a guy who was priced down last week. Now he's within like the top eight top priced guys at 4,200 at the tight end position. Do you like Greg Olson this week versus Houston? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, it's clear Kyle Allen had a uh, connection with him from the get-go. Um, he had a great he, – he just gets open. He, he gets open and he, he makes catches. It's, that's just what he does. The, the targets are always going to be there for Greg Olson. He doesn't drop a lot of balls. He's not going to get a ton of yards, but he gets a lot of red zone looks. and he gets a, So PPR for DFS, he's going to get – He's going to get points. I brought up earlier, I like Austin Hooper this week. He's not a sexy name. Uh, he, he had a lot of points last week. He's 4,300 this week. Uh, is there, like, I'm just going to throw out a couple of names to you guys. You tell me if you like them. Eric Ebron. No. Uh, OJ Howard, 3,900. No. Maybe. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, uh, week one stud, 3,300. No. At that price, there's there's so many vi more viable options out there. Just, no. Vernon Vernon Davis. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ru uh, Rudolph. No. You said last week you kind of like no. him. Could find the end zone. Is that this week? Is Kirk Cousins going to pass the ball? We've seen them actually throw the ball to Irv Smith a lot in this offense, which means Kyle Rudolph slowly getting phased out of the system here. I uh, It's going to be a no. He's younger, more athletic, faster. Yeah. Delaney Walker, 4,800. Yeah, uh, I kind of like it. I, it. It's not sexy. Delaney Walker's not a sexy pick. He's getting the targets, though. If you're loading up elsewhere, I wouldn't hate that. And if, Mar uh, yeah, if Mark Andrews plays, I, he, I think he's going to play. Last time I checked, he had a questionable tag. He's one of the leaders in football out of every position right now in red zone targets. So, yes, he didn't find the end zone last week, but he definitely could this week. And are you paying all the way up for Kelsey or Ingram? I'm paying up for Ingram. Ingram's, I think, a $1,500 yes, no. discount there. I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't question anybody for paying up for Kelsey. I told you this last week, Sandro. A big mistake I did last year was paying down at the tight end position in DFS, and that really cost me. I'm all aboard team pay up this year. Like, I'm all about it, so I don't hate paying up for Kelsey, and I wouldn't hate – I mean, I love Evan Ingram this week, like I said. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Uh, Mahomes is always the number one guy. And when he's not the number one guy, it's because Casey has a bye week. He's bringing, he, I mean, he's the top, one of the top scoring quarterbacks most weeks. Is this a guy at 7,500 that you are, you're putting into your lineups? I, like I said, it's, it's not somebody that I'm going to play this week because I think that's way too expensive. But why not? He's, this guy's not shown anything, but he's a baller. This guy's going to get points for you. He's going to throw multiple touchdowns in games. But at 7,500, I would really like to pay up at my wide receiver and running back position instead. Quarterbacks I really like this week. Jacoby Brissett, 5,400 against the Raiders. I mean, come on, the Raiders suck. Jacoby Brissett has shown nothing, but he's a competent quarterback in the NFL. His numbers the last three weeks, 16.5, 18.5, 23.8. 8. Against the bad Oakland defense, I really like him this week. For $100 less, are you going to Daniel Jones? No. I'm not on him this week. No. A lot of people are, are saying that this is a guy you have to get into your lineups. Um, I I, I kind of disagree. I'm, I'm off Daniel Jones. I'm off Kyle Allen. Two guys that popped off last week, I'm off both. I really like Russell Wilson at 6,100 this week. That might be my cash game lock of the week, Russell Wilson. 
So uh, Wilson and Brissett are probably the two quarterbacks I'm going to have the most exposure to. I'm pretty sure you you brought up last week that you liked Russ. I know you said Lockett. Uh, usually when we do our GPPs, or at least uh, when I build, I'll always pair a quarterback with a wide receiver. Uh, the numbers have shown in GPPs especially that those those teams usually cash more if you pick the right quarterback with the right wide receiver. Uh, so I, I want to ask you, Mitch, are you a Jared Goff guy? No. Fantasy and real. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's just a McVay puppet. So for 6,300 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which people say that they like to target this defense, even though the defense is uh, kind of playing better than – we uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, would you pay sixty three hundred for Jared Goff? No, there's 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 better options out there than I just I don't know. I I wouldn't trust Jared Goff. I wouldn't put my trust into Jared Goff to to be my quarterback for for DFS week. And the reason why I laughed when you asked him that question is because I knew this answer because in the he's the same draft class as Carson Wentz. Goff went one. Wentz went two. So since that day. I've heard nothing but Mitch Lore talk about how much better Carson Wentz is than Jared Goff, even though Jared Goff led the Rams to the Super Bowl and Carson Wentz never did. Totally uh, unintentional, but uh, what about uh, Deshaun Watson, 6,400? I like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Panthers' defense doesn't scare me at all, and I think Watson could have a big game here. I could see him actually rushing for a decent amount here, so... I could see his rushing yards being at about 30 yards here, which is three points in DraftKings, which is, I think it's a very good number. It's, it's one point short of throwing a touchdown pass. So I could see a, I could see a good week for you from Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. In cash games, I, my cash game lineup right now has Phil Rivers in it. Against the Dolphins? Yeah, love to play. But once again, my only worry there is he gets pulled early. Or not pulled early, but like they run the ball a lot. Any... Anyone else you want to, I mean, are you doing Stafford? Do you, Derek Carr for me is a no. No. Uh, Minshew, everyone loves the mustache. Are, are you playing Minshew, Cousins? He's a baller. He's good. He's a good quarterback. I like him. I, I think he's good, but I also think he's young and there's not enough film yeah. yet. No, there's. But he's, he's throwing some nice passes. Would you, would you put Minshew into a lineup this week versus Denver? He's uh, 5,200 on DraftKings. I don't think so. The Broncos are, I probably wouldn't, but I, I, I don't yeah. think I would bash anybody for doing that. What are the Broncos? I think the Broncos are 0-3. They're at home. This is this is it, man. This like, is their season. This is the game. Like, that deep, Vic Vangio is going to draw up blitz after blitz after blitz. He's going to come after this rookie quarterback. So They don't have a sack or an interception, this, it's and he's a defensive. It, it's going to change this week. I think it changes this week. But before we wrap up DFS here, a couple guys I forgot to mention in wide receivers, just because they're going to go overlooked because they play on the Chiefs. Miko Hardman, 5,100. Oh boy. And 6,700, Sammy Watkins. Like, they're going up against the Detroit Lions, people. Nelson Aguilar. Now Nelson Aguilar, 8 against this team last week. And Demarcus Robinson, do, 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 it's 5200 At $100 cheaper than Miko, I like Miko over right, Robinson. Technical. So those are the last couple plays I like. So I praised you at the top of the pod, Ani, because uh, you had some really great DFS plays. Okay. But I did see a tweet where I'm pretty sure you locked in Trey Quinn for a touchdown last week. I did. But I also locked his over receptions at three and a half. Which he easily hit. Are you going back to Trey Quinn this week for $3,000? The thing is, though, no. But if Terry McLaurin doesn't play, there's going to be targets shared around. It could go to Quinn. 
Vernon Davis, Paul Richardson, and I wouldn't be surprised this week if Kelvin Harmon caught a touchdown pass. Somebody he, I'm not going for in DFS because, like I said, you want to play good players, but I couldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Kelvin Harmon caught a tutty. All right, Mitch. The reason why we we had you shipped down here from Philadelphia to the D.C. area, where there's currently people protesting climate change, and I'll be honest. That's why I'm here. Today's a beautiful day. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And if this is what climate change is, I'm I'm all for it. I'm not I'm not going to argue with anyone. Just please get <laughs> out of my uh, my uh, traffic pattern. I'm not trying to sit in traffic any longer in D.C. Are there any games that you are heavily looking at on the betting side of sports? Time for Lord's Locks. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, so for college football, I am hammering Washington. Minus 10.5 at home against USC. Okay. Um, so biggest reason is USC just came off a huge upset against number 10 Utah. So I took some notes on my, on my way here, on my trek up here on the, the old Greyhound. Uh, so Fink came in and had actually a really good game. He's the backup to the backup. He's the third straight. Yeah, threw for 351 yards, three touchdowns, led them to, to a huge win in Utah. So as we were talking about before, I, we said fade the public. The public sees a huge win against number 10, and they're likely going to be all over USC because it's recency bias. So since 2005, it's actually been extremely profitable to bet against a ranked team that beat a top 10 opponent the previous week. Uh, so according to Bet Labs, built a, built a little model on the, on the bus ride over here, betters fading teams that have done that have gone 157 and 107 and two, which is about 59% against the spread. So if you're betting $100 on these bets, that would profit you about $2,100. So I am hammering Washington. I think it's a letdown game, a trap game for USC. Jacob Eason is a baller. Nobody is talking about him for, for the NFL draft. He is a stud. He's on the same level as Fromm, Burrow, Tua. I love Jacob Eason. I love. I think Washington wins this by at least two touchdowns. All right, I'm locking it in as we speak, actually. So thank love you, that. Mitchell, for free money. So when, that, when that's wrong. <laughs> I will be asking for a refund. Yeah. If anyone watching, just at Lord underscore Mitch. Washington could, minus 10 and a half. You could pay for your own bus home if you're wrong on that. Right. Anything else you're locking in for this weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I do have a couple NFL bets that I like. Um, I do like uh, the Bucks plus nine and a half on the road against uh, the Rams, I believe. Correct, yep. 48% yep. uh, of the bets coming in right now are on the Bucks. So... The Rams are getting a majority of the bets, but 73% of the money is actually on the Buccaneers. So a lot of sharp movement there. There was some reverse line movement. It started out at uh, plus 10, but it's actually getting a little better for the Bucs, uh, down to plus 9.5. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but I also do like the Bills Patriots under. For some reason, I think people see I, – I still don't think people are sold on the Bills. I don't even think I am. I but, like their defense, right. and their offense is moving the ball. But it's – at the same time, people, like casuals, see this as like, oh, it's Patriots versus Bills. This is going to be a blowout. And these people think that, like, the, the Patriots are going to cover this total on their own. Like, it's going to be 58 to nothing. When in reality, like, it'll, it'll probably be, like, 21 to 10. Right, I like that. Like, it, the Patriots are going are gonna to beat them, I think, fairly easily. But the, the, the Bills have a solid defense. 
and I don't think the Bills are going to be able to score points. So that's the, that's the thing. I don't think the Bills can score points, and I don't think the Patriots are going to cover the spread on their own. That's a good point. So I, I, I like that. Those are my two favorite. Both NFL teams, guys. by the way, the Bills and the Patriots, tied for first in the division. Yeah. So That's a big game. For anyone sleeping on the Bills, they, they're getting – they're making moves a little bit. That game, uh, New England favored by seven. Over-under right now is 42 and a half. Might you know, be the game of the week. There, there's definitely going to be Who would have thought that would be two 3-0 and teams? I'll be honest. I, I had high hopes for uh, the Bills. And by high hopes, I mean an above-average team because, uh, well, for this division. Like I've always said, like it's the Patriots – locked into the playoffs because the rest of the division doesn't do anything. They just win the AFC East. So and fun fact, Bills play have played all will be playing all four of their first four games in New York, in the state of New York. They played their first two games at Meadowlands yeah. in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. They played the Giants and Jets, played a home game against the uh, Bengals last week. People they, forget Buffalo. So yeah, and then they play yeah. a home game against the Patriots. They've had the least amount of travel probably out of any other team in the NFL. They probably had a lot of fans show up against the Giants and Jets, and they have they started the season 2-0 against the Giants and Jets, and then they played at home against the Bengals 1. Bill's Mafia is rocking, baby. After the, after the Jets game, a reporter asked Josh Allen about how he could have gotten drafted by them and how he could have ended up in New York, and Josh Allen goes, I am I'm in New, New York. York. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, look, great stuff today, guys. Real quick, want to remind everyone, we have two bye weeks, 49ers, Jets, um, one other fun fact real quick. The Jets don't leave the Eastern time zone for any of their games this year. Interesting. Not that's beautiful. If I'm a player and I see that, that's beautiful. They're not relevant until Sam Darnold comes back no. from mono. Uh, Lev Bell needs him before he ends his career this year in a wheelchair. Uh, other than that, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Once again, I'm at Only Sandro, Twitter, Instagram. We got Ani Shree 23 and our buddy Mitch Lord. You can find him at Lord underscore Mitch. These two to my right combined together. They are theparlayboys.com. Check out their work on their website. You can find all of our Friday Friends shenanigans on Periscope, Twitter. If, uh, if you want to listen to any of the podcasts, just type in Friday Friends Podcast. Or it's as simple as going to my website at uh, it's onlysandro.com or dudeandvan.com. I don't really use that domain anymore, but everything goes over there. Long story short. Uh, but that's it for this week. Cash in week four, and um, hopefully you get some of the college stuff too. I mean, we have a good slate tonight. Yep. These guys are going to be there. Go Maryland. If you Go are Terps. in College Park, Maryland, find us. We'll be around lot one, absolutely. And last quick injury news, Justin Jackson is in a walking boot. If you're playing him or want to play him DFS, make sure you check his status before Sunday's football game, before locking him in. But that's it for us here. Friday, friends, don't be a Friday fool. Dominate the weekend.